Hello and welcome to the Serious Games Podcast. All about playful methods for interactive trainings and facilitation. Let's get started. And today I'm connected to the Netherlands and Den Bosch. I just learned where that is. With Ralph van Rosmaden. Ralph, you are an independent agile coach and the CEO and content creator of Management 3.0. We got to know each other while preparing and talking about the Forward Summit. We'll talk about that later. I asked you if you want to be part of the show. And you then mentioned the change management game, a classic uh, from the toolset of Management 3.0. And that's what we want to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Ralph. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and thank you for having me here, Julian. Perfect. And let's um, directly dig in. So what should our listeners know about you? And number two, how would you explain the change management game to someone who has no idea about yeah, management 3.0 or change management? Yeah. So what should they know about me? I'm 45 years old. I live in the Netherlands. I love to hike. I love to drink a beer, blonde Belgian beer. I love it. I love to listen to music from the 90s, uh, Netflix, science fiction, Star Trek, Doctor Who. So, uh, and I think the rest you should just ask. <laughs> will do, will do. So let's, uh, before we... Um talk more about you and what you do and how you are bringing Management 3.0 and the Summit to Berlin. Let's first of all talk about the game. What is your 30 seconds pitch for the change management game? It's an excellent game to get the conversation going if you're in a change. That's it. To think about all the things that you did not think about and to challenge yourself. Did we really think about, as I said, all the things we need to think about in a change? So I think that's the the, the the purpose of the game, the, the main goal of the game, just to get the conversation going, to think about things that you normally would not think about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, and how that works and how this card game with the questions and the prompts bring, you know, the, this, this magical conversation into the teams, that's what we're going to talk about right now. So when did you play it the first time or where did you learn about it? I learned it when I read the book. That's a book, a small book uh, written by Jurek Aplo called How to Change the World. And in that book, he talks about four models. And based on those models, he made this game. At first, it was just a downloadable game, and you had to print it yourself. And I think I played it for the first time somewhere in, I don't know, 2014, 2013, uh, when I was working with a company, and we were indeed talking about a change, and we just used it to, you know, to review our change plan, our project plan. So that's when I first mm. used it. Okay, all right. So and um, I will put in a link to the game, the card set. But again, it's also a free downloadable PDF in several languages. I'll put that into the show notes. Yeah. So um, literally you print out uh, those uh, 34 cards or you just buy them and then you bring them. Uh, how do you set up the room then? Is there a specific way how you distribute the cards, how you make sure the groups are set up? Yeah. I mean, you can do it in, in different ways. And that's what I like about most of the games, Management 3.0, most of the practices. It's up to your own creativity to apply them and to use them. Uh, one approach that I often use is to get the conversation going is to set people up in groups, four or five groups. Depends a bit on how many people, but let's keep it a little bit small. Then I distribute the cards. I give every person four or five cards. And uh, we assume that they already have a change that they're working on and a project, implementation, digital transformation, mm. you know, those kind of things. I give everybody four or five cards. I put the other cards on the deck upside down. And I just tell them, okay, you read out the first card, the first person, and you read out the question. And also the text was below the question because there's a bit of explanation why this question is relevant. And you try to answer this question for yourself to the group. 
and the rest of the group will decide if it was a good answer or it was a bad answer. <laughs> okay. And if it was a good answer, you can put the card away and you got four cards left. And the next person, and you can go clockwise. Just the same. If the group says, nah, we didn't like this answer, it's not good. You did not think about it or you're just talking nonsense. You're just making it up right here. <laughs> That's also okay. You put the card away and you get a new card from the deck. So you still have five cards. So there's a bit of competition because I always tell people, hey, you got the one with no cards is the winner. Right. But the nice thing is if you play this game for, let's say, an hour, what I often see is that they just make one round. I mean, they just discuss four or five cards and then time is up. Because the questions, they trigger so much communication, so much conversation and discussion, and I think that's the value of the game, that they don't even get to a winner. And then in the end, it sounds a bit fluffy. In the end, everybody's a winner because they had a great conversation. Right, right. And then with four or five people in the group, you can then play that with, you know, three to four groups in the room. Yes, right? you can. I mean, you got this 32 uh, cards. You can just distribute them. You can maybe download a set more. You can buy it and you can distribute it. Okay, yeah. And I think it's a great, we come to the questions maybe later, but it's a great way to get that conversation mm -hmm. going, to talk about the change and to trigger questions that you often would not ask yourself because if you prepare something, a project plan or an approach or a backlog, I mean, you're doing it right or not. I mean, you don't forget anything. You just think about all the things that you can come up with. But of course, you forget a lot of things and that's okay. But with this game, you can discover, okay, oh, damn, we did not think about the innovators. We did not think about the legacy and et cetera. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. So that's, um, yep, as you mentioned, they're already working or are aware of that there is a change coming up, or maybe they're in the middle of the change. That was one option you said. Yeah. What are other options? Uh, how to use it or other phases of, um, yeah, change initiatives uh, where you would use this game? The other thing that you can do if you have a big project team and you want to involve everyone is just put the cast on the wall. Print them, put them on the wall, and have the people walk around the cards. And while they walk around, they can use sticky notes and try to answer those questions with the sticky notes. Write it down, put it next to the cards. And if you then involve the whole group, the whole department, the whole tribe, whatever group of people you have, at the end, as a change team, you just collect the answers. And for example, one of the questions is, how will you communicate? And if you have the people who are part of that change, and as I said, it can be anything, We'll answer that question, how will you communicate? You as a project team, mm. you only have to pick up the answers, collect the answers, and there you got your project plan. You got mm. your approach for the change, and you can just write it down, and you got input from people, what they expect, and it's not really a game. There's no winning in that case, mm. but it's really using the cards to get information out of the group, what do they expect, and how they can they help? Because often the group has a lot of knowledge that you otherwise don't touch. So this is a great way of having a group interactive walk through the room, passing by the cars, looking at them and trying to give their input. Okay, interesting. And that could be, uh, so I imagine, you know, the cards on the wall. And I could imagine this is an, as an ongoing activity. So uh, maybe even throughout a whole workshop day, you yeah. have uh, different moments where you go back and forth through the wall, where you maybe even have and spark little conversations at the wall between participants. Yeah. I mean, we've got four categories. So you could also say, okay, during the day, we uh, select the cars of a certain category. We walk around them, we discuss them, we answer them. And then in the next break or the next session, we do the other categories. So that's how you can distribute it over the day. Perfect, perfect. And before we get into those categories, are there any other ways of playing this game? So small groups, four to five, um, I have the whole group and the wall. 
what else? The other one is, and uh, it's, uh, it's just you pick the card for yourself and you're going to sit in a quiet place and you pick a random card from the deck and you're going to answer it yourself. Mm. And that's more if you're maybe change agent as a coach, a scrum master, you try to improve a team. You just review your own approach. So you just pick the cards and you just think about, hey, this question, did I think about it? And that's just for yourself to reflect on the things that you're doing. So that's more like an individual just to use it to confirm, okay, do I'm the right thing? Should I change? Should I implement something else? Should I change my approach? So that's another way to do it. Okay. Like a self-coaching card deck, um, making sure that yeah. you're not missing a uh, blind spot, that you are looking at this change initiative from different perspectives. Okay. Wow. And yeah, uh, again, I just mentioned um, shortly, it's 34 cards and you mentioned the models. Let's dig into that a little bit. So it's not just random questions to spark a conversation. Uh, which models are used um, in the card deck? Uh, we use four models. Uh, we use the PDCA, Plan, Do, Check, Act model. That's the first one. Uh, based on that model, there are questions. So, for example, uh, one of the questions could be, what is your goal? What is your plan? What is your goal? So that's the first model. Um, the second model is uh, ETCAR, if I pronounce it correctly. Yeah, that's yeah ETCAR model. Uh, they talk about awareness, desire, uh, knowledge, uh, things, etc. So we got questions based on that model. Mm. Uh, then we got the innovation model. It's about the different people, how they accept a change. So you got innovators, like they want to do things at first. You got the legates, you got the late majority, early mm. majority, and how you can deal with those groups of people. They're all important. Mm. And then we got, as, as written in the book, the four I's plus one I. Mm. It's about uh, institutes, infrastructure, so four parts of a change that could be relevant to think about. So that are the four models. And if you look at Manager Point, though, we believe in complex thinking. Often you'll see that a lot of different models are combined into something new or combined together to get a better, different approach. I'm not saying better, but a different approach yeah. that could help you. Okay. And they are all color-coded. And that's an interesting question. So you don't need to know about the models before you use the cards, obviously, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you somewhere in the process of working with those cards and supporting a team, a tribe within their change initiatives, do you somewhere explain those models or do participants ask? I know some are printed on, um, especially the um, Edcar um, model as it is, uh, intellectual property, right, uh, um, of, of Prusky from, from uh, Colorado. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And um, do you explain the models or do you use them also in a different way or maybe even with additional games? Um, it depends a bit on the group. For example, I also use them when I work with lean change management approach. Then I do explain the different models because I think it's relevant for a change team to understand what kind of models you have. But I'm not an expert on ETCA, and I know that they're very strict in their model. So I'm not going to say that I'm an instructor. I'm not going to say I'm a teacher, but I do touch different parts of the model. If I'm going to do this with a large group, like we discussed it, they can walk around the room. They can put sticky notes, ideas behind it, or they can do it nowadays in Mural or Miro, uh, digital. Uh, then I'm not going to explain the model. Then it's just say, hey, these are the questions that can help you. If you want to know more, come to me after the session. Because in the end, it's not about the model. It's about the conversation. It's about the questions. So it depends a bit on the group, on the maturity, and how big the group is, if I'm going to explain the model. Mm -hmm. Okay. And ETCAR is awareness, desire, knowledge, ability, and reinforcement. Yes. And again, I'm just going to 
just going to put a link in the, in the show notes, right? Yes. So everyone who wants to become an, an expert in Edcar can look that up there. Okay, so you managed how, of course, Management 3.0 is connecting the different models. So here with the game, you're touching into, as I think you, you phrased it in the, the card deck, dancing with the system. Yeah. So making sure, you know, the PDCA um, cycle, because everyone should be aware of that. I'm also going to link an article. <laughs> um, we have Mind the People. Yep. Um, that's the yellow. That's the Edgar yep. model. And then we have the Environment or Changing the Environment, Improving yep. the Environment, the four eyes plus one. Um, which is information, identity, incentives, infrastructure, and institutions. And last but not least, I think uh, also very, very old model, right? Is it from Rogers? I would have to look that up again. Um, stimulating the network, yes. right? Um, how the new comes into the old <laughs> um, with the innovators, the early adopters, um, the early majority, the late majority. Everyone maybe has a picture now in mind. I guess these days you're also talking about crossing the chasm, right? So it's not really a connected curve from no. early um, adopters to the early majority. So, uh, look, if I have other questions that I love using, yes. do you also sometimes just add them to the wall or add them to the card deck or just mix it up? Or do you normally just strictly stay with the 34 uh, cards in the deck? You just gave us a great idea. I mean, we don't have any blank cards with it, so why not add a few blank cards so mm -hmm. people can add their own questions? Yeah. But I will make a note for that. Um, I yeah. often stick to the questions that in, are in the deck uh, because there are already so many questions that trigger a lot of discussions. And if I do it in a setup where I am at the table in the room as a facilitator, I do ask clarification questions. Okay, what do you mean with that? And how could you do this? And I mean, that's the facilitator role that I have. But I often stick with the questions that I have uh, that are there and just ask clarification. Okay, can you give me some more examples and et cetera? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have two, two questions. Number one, um, how do you do this with, you know, four or five groups having simultaneous conversations in the room, right? Do you um, also prompt them or invite them to ask uh, to clarifying questions while they're listening to the stories or while they're making the decision? Yeah, that was a good answer or no, that wasn't so good. Or how, how do you make sure that, that it's really like a fruitful and focused discussion? I mean... It happens automatically, uh, and I do challenge them a bit on, on the gamification. Hey, guys, the goal is to get the first rid of your cards. So if you want to win, make sure the other one doesn't get rid of his cards and be the advocate's devil. So that's why you get a bit of the gamification, a bit of each challenging each other to make sure that they don't say to every NCA, yeah, yeah, it's okay, hey, because then you're going to lose. And if you lose, you have to buy, I don't know, beer, cake, whatever. <laughs> and... My opinion, if my opinion, I believe that uh, if you explain the game and if you also explain, hey guys, this is going to be very valuable conversations that people are mature enough to look at it from that perspective. And as I said, it's not really the goal to get rid of your cars, but it's about the conversations. And if you emphasize on that while explanation, while explaining the game, uh, they will do that. And of course, when you got four or five people, uh, teams in the room, you can't uh, join every table constantly, so you have to walk around. Uh, but as a facilitator, you can often see on the faces, on the expressions, on the hands, how they talk, how passionate they are, if they're doing it like it has value for them. 
And again, I think that's always easier with real participants in the room rather than, let's say, exploring a game together in this podcast or during conferences yeah. out there because um, they have an emotional relevance. They are emotionally connected to the topic. Um, and of course, there is a concrete yeah, framing of the workshop or the meeting that you're yeah. using this. Uh, that, that, that's absolutely great when you say that. I mean, I do this workshop, this game also in the Lean Change Management workshops. Uh, and then you sit often in a public class, you have people from all kinds of organizations. And then it's very hard to do because you don't really have one change that everybody's committed to. And if you do this in an organization, you have this change and you can expect an offer. It's, it is people have an opinion about it. Could be good, could be bad, but they have an opinion. They are passionate, they're connected to it. And then it's... Hmm. So if you're going to try this just for fun with colleagues and you don't really have a change, you will maybe find it's not that valuable because it's hard to connect to the topic. But my experience, if you do this with a real change, a real project, a real case, and people are connected with passion and because they care or they are worried, I mean, then the conversations will pop up and they will experience the game as it should be. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, different ways of triggering and starting the conversation. Um, you're there. You're actively asking the clarifying questions, uh, modeling that, giving feedback. And I mean, I can imagine now lots of stickies on the wall or maybe even a card without a sticky at all. Um, how do you harvest or how do you make sure that what they have talked about um, serves them resourcefully in their next steps, either of the meeting and workshop or, of course, in their initiative? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, if they do it, we do it brainstorming on the wall. Then it's just collecting information, making sure that the project team picks up the information. Uh, I believe in full transparency always. So make sure that and maybe leave them on the wall if possible and just put notes on it or just move them from the wall to a Trello board or whatever you're working. But mm. give feedback to the people what you did about it. Uh, the same with the challenges at the table. Often, I always explain, guys, I mean, I love this game. It's very good to see a conversation. But if you play this game for two hours and you don't come out of the room with an actual item, then I'm going to put it very black and white, but then it was a waste of time. And of course, it's not true because it's also about changing and, and forming minds and opinions, but try to come up with actionable items. And probably every facilitator as you go, has his own tools to do that, smart, uh, specific, blah, 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 those kind of things, but force people also to do it. And you could maybe even add um, some kind of gamification also to this, to add a form to the table. And hey, guys, the group with the most actionable items as a group will win. We'll get the candy, we'll get M&M's, we'll get the cake. Mm. Okay. And, um, yeah, do you have, I mean, I'm just trying to imagine, right? Um, of course, the game is just one part then of the workshop or of the, you know, finding the actionable items or refining what actionable items have been there and triggering the conversation with the target group, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have like a unique or special experience with this game that you could share? Like where maybe something really opened up or great conversation or a great way of... It always surprises me, and that's maybe always, that the first card already takes 15, 20 minutes. I mean, that for me, like, it really triggers. And the feedback is always like, oh, we have some good conversation. And we really talk about those things that are really important. And the strength of the conversation, the value that gets out of it, out of the cards, mm. always is positive. It's always, it's good value and it brings value to the team to the people who are doing it mm. and i've never heard so far somebody said okay. yeah we played this for one hour and we didn't get any new insights 
And sometimes it's like uh, uh, some questions are very basic. Uh, for example, uh, how do you communicate? And then people say, yeah, it was a very simple question, but to be honest, we did not really think about it. So there's even simple questions and taking the time as a group to think about how you're going to answer them. I mean, that's also very surprising. People often say, but, oh, we didn't think about it. Or, yeah, we had a plan, but after discussing it for five minutes, I mean, no, it's not good enough. So that are really always surprises for me and positive surprises that they come up with things like, yeah, yeah we never thought about it. And it's such a simple question, but it's so valuable to think about it. Um, yeah, 50 minutes. Wow, for one card. And I could imagine, well, do you just, start with a one hour time box or what was the longest or the shortest <laughs> um, game duration or uh, usage of these cards that you've facilitated? Yeah, for me, it was, uh, I think it was two hours because often people allow, we don't have time and it's hard to squeeze it in, in agendas nowadays. But for me, I mean, one hour is pretty short. I mean, before you get going, you get to explain the game and they're coming in late, of course, because they have other meetings and already, 50 minutes ago. So I would always try for at least one and a half hours, maximum two hours, because at two hours, I mean, you discuss a lot of things and at one moment you're also, um, you're full. I mean, you're, yeah. you have so much new insights. You also need to give them some time to progress those insights and to work with on their things. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And once they experience the game, they might want to continue on their own or as you mentioned um some uh, depending on who's in the room might want to download the game and then use it as a yeah. self-reflection tool right and just to uh, deep dive and to iterate on the ideas and uh, the information that they then gather right which yeah. brings me to the next point so putting it up on a wall in a in a workshop room you shortly mentioned Myra and Moral. um so it can be used with distributed teams, right? Do you do this on a regular basis? Yes. No, not so, not yet. But um, it can be used with distributed teams, definitely, because you can download it. We have different languages available here, Mentor Point, Spanish, uh, Portuguese, mm -hmm. uh, German. So you can download it. You can, with a bit of creativity, you can copy and paste it into your mural, Miro, whatever tool you're using, Jamboard, uh, and with the sticky notes around it, you can use it. There is no, as far as I know, no electronic version. Mm. So you can't use it with an app. So if you're going to use it with a, in a call, you have to show the cards and, mm. and show it to people. So there's somebody, if somebody wants to make a tool for it, mm -hmm. just let us know. Yeah. Uh, but in Miro, Miro, you can use yeah. it definitely. I mean, I don't see any reason why you can't use it in distributed teams. Okay, yeah. Good, good. And then, um, in the, and I think that's a, a good thing also of um, working with digital whiteboards. You could just leave it up there, right? You could, for example, yep. um, use the time between workshops or meetings and ask participants, well, go to the board, um, add your ideas, and then we'll have a conversation not only about the question, but also about the um, ideas that were generated during the next meeting, right? Definitely. I think that's one of the things one of the advantages of Corona at this time of uh, these days that people realize how powerful those digital whiteboards are. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's another podcast, another topic, but it's <laughs> definitely interesting to see what people are learning nowadays. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so I understood the time frame, um, and then of course, you know, working on a digital board, it's not only um, free to where my team members are or my target group. Um, it, actually, it's scalable, right? Let's be honest. You could just yeah. you know, have the whole company um, yeah. work on one board, right? Wow. Yeah. I mean, you have no limits of physical rooms anymore and no meeting rooms uh, that are not available, whatever. I mean, you just call in and you're there. Perfect. Perfect. So, Ralph, look, um, what would be your 
if someone now says, oh, yeah, great, I'm going to try those cards and I'm going to download them, um, what is your ultimate facilitation tip? What should they definitely be aware of? Maybe not only for this game, but... That, yeah, what they should be aware of in this this game is that, uh, as I said, I mean, they're not going to discuss all cards. Mm -hmm. So if you think that the team, the group will discuss all cards and you do it in a group setting, it won't work and that's totally okay. So make sure that your expectations are okay with it. I mean, it's about the conversation. Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, very important because if you think, oh my God, they only did did just one card, then it's totally okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not your goal as a facilitator, I always say, to make sure that they discuss everything. Mm -hmm. It's for the group there to have value from the conversation on right. the game right okay and yeah one might now say okay just another card deck you know 35 questions and topics and colors and yes it's good to have this you know physical approach again once we're back in the workshop rooms um and to be prompted but what is the secret sauce of the change management game for you what what really makes it work it's the combination, uh, you explained the four models already. For me, it's the combination mm. of the different models. Mm. I mean, I believe every model has value in it. I mean, all models have some value in it, period. I mean, that's clear. But combining them, combining the infrastructure environment with people part, with the network, I mean, that makes me the strength. I mean, it's not just looking from one perspective, but it's combining those different models. Mm. But people really thought about, they really developed some great models, but combining them into one card game, I think that makes it unique and that makes it also uh, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Ralph, thank you so much um, for sh sharing your ways of using this card deck. Um, again, I'll have lots of um, links in the show notes so yep. um, everyone can really make sure to just experiment with it, right? There are lots of meetups yeah. out there these days and um, of course now you can visit meetups around the planet. Uh, actually, you could have done that before too, right? But now it's so obvious. Yeah. It's just the thing to do. Now, if, if someone wants to explore or wants maybe even to learn from you and they're not in the Netherlands, I know that you will be coming to Berlin in November. Um, yes. Maybe we can shortly talk about the, the Forward Summit. Will you be offering a session on games within the management 3.0? We'll be, uh, once we'll back, we'll come into Berlin if everything goes a bit more like back to normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the Forward Summit, it's a new conference hosted by Man 3.0, but it's not just Man 3.0, it's a lot more. Mm -hmm. It's about happiness, it's about HR, it's about modern organizations, all those kind of topics uh, will be addressed during that conference two days, I think November 18th and 19th, out of my head. And we will do two workshops, three uh, conference workshops. And mm -hmm. uh, one will be about uh, the plus modules that we have in Manager mm -hmm. So it will be definitely also uh, including this game, the change uh, management module, the new module that's in progress with this game, mm -hmm. um, where people can learn experience how it is. They can also look at the website. I mean, if you get a Manager website, management. 30.com mm. and you go to the practices you will find practice page also for the change management game but also blog posts for other people who tried it out who learned uh, who shared their learnings uh, via blog post uh, for people who also want to try it out perfect perfect and once again i'll link that um in the show notes and the dates uh this is a pre-workshop day on the 18th right and then the, the 19th and 20th I think it will be the 17th, and the conference will be 18th and 19th. Perfect, perfect. Look, we'll have that in, in, in the show yeah. notes correctly so that everyone who wants to join finds the information and details. Wow. Yes. Um, Ralph, thank you. Is there anything we haven't talked about? <laughs> I mean, just for <laughs> the change management game and the summit and the things that we've been 
talking about before. I think we, we, did, we discussed a lot. I mean, we mentioned in the beginning, there's also a small book, How to Change the World. That's where this game is coming from. So if people also want to know more about the different models and the different uh, questions, they can also uh, read, download the book. And I think we discussed a lot. And as I said, as you also said, I mean, it's all about experimenting. I mean, order the game or download it if you don't want to order it, buy it. Experiment, try things out. I mean, it are just questions and you can... I mean, I can come up with many, many different ways to play it. And probably if people think about it, they can also come up with different uh, ways to play the game. And um, as I said, I mean, it's just a trigger to start the conversation. And yeah, mm. I love the game. It's not very known game. I mean, everybody knows delegation poker. Everybody knows moving way to But I think this is also a very good game that's still a bit underrated. Okay. Great. Thank you. And you mentioned so many more. And again, I'm going to link everything <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> Rob, thanks a lot. And um, yeah, let's do a second uh, episode one day. Thanks a lot for the insights. And thanks a lot for sharing your knowledge about the change management game. Yes. Again, thank you for having me here. And it was a pleasure talking to you. And to all our listeners, um, yeah, look at the Serious Games podcast uh, to learn more about the favorite games of all the facilitators out there. And don't forget to send us some feedback. Goodbye. You can reach us at hello at keylearning.net. We're looking forward to your suggestions, comments, and feedback.